Time in the Saddle with Chris Willemser Jr. Ryan, how's it? How's it? Lekker. Good to be have you. Uh, you all uh, tuned in for yet another podcast. Thanks so much for downloading this. If you've uh, downloaded it via iTunes, which is now available on, also on the Prime Media website. We talk all things cycling for everyone from the amateur cyclist, beginner cyclist, all the way to the pros who more than likely laugh at us because they think, um, you know, you've got to start somewhere. You've got to start talking about cycling when you do talk about it. So everyone can be a part of the journey. And we'll get to a level where we're talking about things and everyone will be a part of it. If you've missed any of the three, we've covered some great content uh, for those that are beginning their journey, whether it's road cycling or mountain biking. You can catch them in podcasts one, two, and three. This week, we've got two special guests. And there are two special guests that we know very well. The one that we happen to bump into a lot is the fact that we were on the trails a lot. And we see this guy a lot. I also see him at uh, nearly every passion hobby I have. He seems to be endorsed and sponsored by people supplying the equipment to him. And he happens to be one of the best of the best. Craig Koleski, action photographer extraordinaire. He's just an adventurist himself. Uh, the amount of, uh, of, 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 of kilometers that he has, not only in his legs, but in the various equipment that he uses. Um, it's extraordinary. Some of the most amazing images on earth. He'll be a guest on the podcast today. Uh, Swen Swart, who happens to be an astute businessman who's helped grow a business, a pioneer in the field of, uh, uh, in his field, not only in that field, but he's also taken to a hobby that is mountain biking and something that's been close to his heart in terms of biking from a young age. We'll find out his journey, uh, what got him into mountain biking and some of the give back that him and his company, Tartoria, happen to do in the cycling community. There's lots of people that they're involved with and events, which you and I love. We love events, yeah, no, especially when we know people that organize events. It's, it's great to see a company like that being involved in, in sponsorship in racing because you need it you need yeah. those kind of things to keep the racing going so it's yeah, awesome to see guys like that involved just on that note and I think this is important for other you know, potential sponsors down the line and other individuals involved if you're going out to an event and it happens to be brought to you and brought to you by a sponsor um, uh, it's nice to see that I'm always amazed at all these races and even when sponsorships change hands we know that the biggest one being uh, when and people still call it the Argus and let's just put it out in this podcast that it's still known as that and I know that a lot of our friends at the Cycle Trust are going to get very annoyed and they, they've been trying to shake the stigma off of it being called the Argus forever and it's almost like like when you say it to anyone involved they almost frown upon you um, but it's, it, it has had so much heritage behind that name that the cycle tour as it's now known will still be known to every single amateur cyclist out there partly in their hearts as the Argus. So we can just get that and clear that out, out because needless to say, there will be guests not only on this podcast, but others in the future to come who don't mean and have the intent to harm the brand that is Cycle Tour. But it's just, we've been around forever. So I, I still get it wrong every day. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you're in a shop where you're working with people that are coming to ask about doing their first Cycle Tour. And how many times do you, in the back of your mind, it's... Right, it's which, tour? Yeah. which tour? I'm not sure. <laughs> so Dave and everybody involved, we love you dearly, and we love the fact that the brand has changed. It's just, for many, many years, it's been um, almost, uh, you know, a part of our, our lives in the Western Cape, and especially if you're from the Western Cape or you've traveled down for that event every year. But those sponsors, and we, we spoke about there about Tal Torio getting involved in there, that massive ride in uh, an Algon that I'm going to be doing, and I'm making a weekend out of it. Um, it's, it's vital that we recognize them because without them these races or these events wouldn't be happening yeah definitely you need them I mean that's why you're training you train to go take on these events and to basically see how you're doing and without the sponsors it's impossible because it's an expensive thing to to sponsor an event I mean there's a lot that goes with it it's just not you know laying the route out and let the guys jump on it there's a lot that goes into it 
Let's talk quickly, uh, and, and before we get to our guests who are eagerly waiting for us to introduce them, uh, let's just quickly talk. I want to just know the, the quick difference, and this is this week's highlight. Is I want to talk just um, bicycle wheels, on the mountain bicycle wheels, and quick road bicycle wheels. Uh, a lot of people have asked us, what's a 27 and a half? I'm trying to get into what's the difference between a 27 and a half and a 29. Are we talking inches? Are we talking difference on the uh, trail itself? What, what does it mean? What, tell us the difference between the two, and what is the, 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 the common trend? Well, all the years it was known as a 26-inch, which was the the basic size for a mountain bike. Um, and then there was a gap where they jumped to 29 where everybody wasn't sure if it's going to take off or is it just a, a thing for, for the moment and going to mm. dis- disappear. Um, and a 29 is basically a size, um, well, two sizes up from a 26-inch. It just makes everything a lot easier. The rolling resistance or rolling over a rocky terrain, it's it's a lot faster. Um, so it's definitely worth it if you're looking at a mountain bike to, to go over to 29er. If you're a smaller kind of person that's supposed to be on a small bike, it's sometimes difficult fitting on a 29er because mm. the bike is just slightly too big. So right. then they've got the size in between, which is called a 27.5 or a 650B. Okay. Um, but although that hasn't taken the market as everybody thought it would, mm. um, 29er is definitely the more popular one. Then uh, I see the common trend now among some of the big manufacturers out there is to bring a combination of the two wheels out. So you'd have a bicycle with a 29 at the front and a 27 and a half at the back. What's the, th- the logic of the thinking behind that? I think it's a, it's a bit more control on the bike as well. Um, but there's a lot of, of different variety of what, what the people think would work on. Okay. Uh, and then, so for that's mountain bike, road bike, there's also a new tire that's creeping in, a new size of, of road tire that's creeping in. Tell us about that now. The latest one is 25C. That's the width of the tire. Right. Um, all the years, everybody's been on a 23 or the last three, four, five years. 25 is just uh, slightly wider than 23 and gives you a lot softer, easier ride. Um, and also, it's, it's a bit safer as well when you hit a bottle or cat eyes. It's the better way to go. Would you suggest to anybody buying either one of those, either the 29 or the new road bike uh, size tire, that they should go with that? If someone is going to buy a 29, there's not going to be a 31 that's going to come out and everyone's going to go, well, oh, 31's never going to take off like they said about the 29 and then all of a sudden becomes the norm. It's safe to say 29 is going to be more or less the standard. For now, yeah, definitely. Yeah. In, in road cycling on the tires, there's a 20, uh, 28 is another one that's out, but that's more tend to go to the tandem bicycles. Um, 25, you'll be safe. Chris Phillips Jr. and I are joined by Craig Kaleski, who's our first guest on the podcast. Now, Craig is uh, uh, well known in not only cycling, the cycling world, but the adventure sport world, Chris. I mean, every time that you and I uh, vaguely open a magazine to have a look at a picture, it's bound to have been taken. By yeah. Craig Kaleski. Yeah, he's all over the place. Huh? <laughs> Craig, how's it? Hey, good, and you guys? Thanks for having me. Lekker. Now, Craig Kaleski, let's talk a little bit about the journey into adventure sport, because uh, as far as I can remember, you've always been somewhere uh, outdoors with a camera in hand. But tell us about the bug when it first bit for you in, uh, in terms of cycling and in terms of adventure sport. So, yeah, geez, it's a long story, but to cut it short is it started in school, skateboarding, became wanted to be a surfer slash skateboard <laughs> photographer. And um, there is no real market in South Africa just to do that one type of photography. So I actually linked up with Red Bull, right place, right time, Red Bull down at Extreme, shot, shot that, had photos published and haven't looked back since. And, um, and yeah. there, there was a time when, when Red Bull wasn't, it was still Red Bull as a brand when you in South Africa. Um, the company, I think it was Molnix, had brought it out. Molnix had uh, Lynn Chocolates, they had Correct. Uh, M- Mentos, they had Chubba Chubs, they had a whole lot of, I mean, how, how's my memory? Um, you just like the food. That's I like the food uh, and every now and then a Red Bull. <laughs> but nobody knew them in their association with adventure sports and they were getting to that market but they were doing 
doing things differently. Correct. And the way they saw that market was, let's show the world it from an adventurous point of view. And you need to have an eye for that. So, so clearly, for them to have approached you and said, listen, we need to see it through your lens, um, it, it's a massive endorsement to, to, to what it is you, you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's been a, it's in, uh, yeah, the journey's been insane. They don't just invest in the sports and the athletes. They mm. invest in the photographers. They sent me to Austria. I was there for four months yeah. learning my trade and it was a, a great experience that's one thing taking pictures there's nothing hopping on your bicycle and taking pictures uh, when you look at some of the and, and, and here's the thing that people don't realize you don't get airlifted and dropped off on a course somewhere to take pictures uh, 99% of the time you have to be on a bicycle following these athletes yeah so we do ride a lot and hike trails and um, the introduction of the e-bike has made things a bit easier yeah. especially if you're carrying heavy gear but like this morning on Table Mountain with Oliver Munich, I uh, cycled down, cycled up with the gear, and a few times I asked me, hey, CK, can I take your bag? And I was like, no, <laughs> let me just carry it. It's good cross-training. So I try and carry my own gear as much as I can. So you need to be fit. So when did you realize, hang on, if I want to get the best shots, I'm going to have to be doing this from my mountain bike? So I was shooting a lot of kite surfing, and all the guys who were kite surfing were mountain biking. Right. And I'd sit around doing nothing. So a very good friend of mine, Tyron Rawlins, he was like, Craig, get a bike, let's start riding. And I got into it slowly. I walked up Table Mountain a few times and um, I said to him, you know what, one day we're going to ride a race together. And um, I think you're involved with this as well. And yeah. I was lucky enough to get an epic entry. I asked him to do the epic with me because he got me into mountain biking and never looked back since. And yeah, mountain biking has helped my photography massively. And now you've got a few epics in, huh? Yeah, so I'm six down and I want to do four more in a row. Okay, <laughs> it's crazy, and you look fit. I mean, yeah. I was looking at the bike that you're currently on at the moment, and um, you mentioned having to haul the equipment around. We take it that you don't haul the equipment around; you're doing epic. You're epic, you don't you don't carry your cameras around. No, we ride with a, just use an iPhone. So there's a little saying: the best camera you have is the one on you, and that's normally a phone if you're out riding stuff like that. Yeah. So, an average week in the life of Craig Kaleski looks like what Monday to Sunday? So, jeez, I try and ride five times a week. I try and get. 10 to 12 hours a week in the bicycle and I'm normally done riding by 9, 9.30 a.m. in the morning and then it all works around a photo shoot if I'm shooting in the morning or riding in the afternoon and spinning around and trying to get some time in with my, my kid surfing and getting nice. him on the bike as well. Now, in this podcast, we're trying to introduce people to, to equipment, not only bicycling equipment, but every other bit of equipment that comes with uh, and later on gets be added on to, the, to cycling. Um, you've worked with a lot of equipment that, needless to say, I mean, it's, it's, it's only mechanical. It, it's bound to break. But if anyone had come to you and said to you, Craig, I want to get into adventure photography and more specifically around mountain biking, tell us about the gear and the setup that you use. What do you find to be the most reliable form of, of equipment, I'm talking about camera-wise, and you, your camera equipment, is, if there's anybody's uh, equipment that's seen a pounding, yours has. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you're shooting on. So I'm um, shooting on Nikon. Okay. I use the full range of cameras, D5, D850s, D750s. Um, generally, when I'm riding a bicycle, I keep it light and quick and accessible in my bag. So I use a Nikon D750, which is a small full-frame full frame camera. Mm with a 7200mm lens and a fisheye lens. And I make those two lenses and that body work for what I'm doing. And the reason, that it, the reason for that is just so I can move around quickly. It's pointless having three bodies, six lenses, because you don't have time to decide mm. what you're going to do. You're on the move, you have to move quick, you have to mm. pull a camera out, the lens is on it, you have to use it, put it back in the bag and go. And also the introduction of POV cameras. There's so many different brands of POV and... Mm. A lot of guys use POV. You can get good shots with POV, but... POV, by the way, for the novices' point of view. 
We love, we, we explain. Chris and I have, oh, are, are okay. doing this okay, by trial and error. <laughs> you know, as cyclists, and we, we sit around a table and we talk about uh, like these abbreviations for cycling things. And we realize that with this podcast, there are a lot of people that are for the very first time stumbling into cycling and find themselves in it. We, we, we so quickly go through, and that's a 29 or a 20. And a lot of people we go like, what? What, what, no. what, what exactly are they talking about? So in camera jargon, a POV is, is a point of view shooter. Point of view. So it's what the rider is seeing that nice. camera shoots that type of view. So from the chest, from the head, or yes. where? you want to put the camera you can put the camera and it's a POV shot and a lot of people baby their equipment like you see these guys that, that, that are trying to get good action shots but then when a mountain biker goes past them there's a dust of, of, of or a cloud of dust these guys put their, their cameras under their tops to hide them away no we put our cameras in there you have to to get the shot you have to yeah. take the risk if you don't take the risk you're not going to get the shot nice I love that that's a great bit of advice by the way for anyone who wants to get into any kind of adventure uh, photography uh, don't be shy if you want to get the best shot be in the action be with, in the thick of it um, Craig we're going to come back to you and bring our next guest in as well because uh, I, I love the fact that we've got so many people that are businessmen by day uh, run very successful companies and I think of a, a company I go past twice three times a day sometimes uh, they're so big is their payoff line and they really are. Uh, Tile Toria and the man that uh, heads up the operation uh, in Cape Town is uh, Swen Swart who's with us today as well on this podcast. Swen, how's it? Morning, Ryan. It's good to have you here. Thank you very much. I'll tell you why. Because you're one of those businessmen that work a full day uh, uh, running a big company and then on the weekend you've got the mountain bike out and you're hitting the trails. Yeah, I think I'm uh, what they call a typical weekend warrior. Um, so we try and squeeze in as much riding as what we can in between all the appointments and business and family and so on and so on. Um, but yeah, that's uh, my passion's always been with cycling. Mm. So started way back uh, in the days of BMX when Goodwood Showground still had some yeah. BMX tracks and. Uh, I think there was one in Craftington, if I'm not mistaken, and one down the West Coast. So, yeah, those was my early introduction into cycling. And then since then, obviously progressed onto road cycling and then mountain biking a bit later on um, through the studies. Uh, and, yeah, cycling whenever we can, really. Do you ever remember what they used to say at Goodwood at the BMX track before they let you go? Right, it's ready. ready. Pedal steady. Pedal, yeah. Go. How do I, I, you know, it's the most bizarre saying that stuck with me. They used to put you in. You ever do BMXing, Craig? No, not, um, not, not, not in your caliber. No, no, yeah, you, you, we, they put you in the starting grid where your front wheel leans up against a massive steel plate. Yes, correct. And that steel plate basically makes for sure all the tires are in a straight row and they drop this plate. But the guy who ever did the announcing at Goodwood, because you'd start in this head, a bit of a downhill and they would dip almost uh, down to your, uh, to your right and then go hit a left-hander. And everyone would be in this line and the guy would shout riders ready pedal steady go and then this thing would drop and you just cycle like a bat out of hell um, but that's fond memories I mean yeah. I remember being and, on a and if it didn't you went over the yeah over the <laughs> <laughs> mongoose yeah back in the day yeah. it wasn't it wasn't somebody's girlfriend that came along to no, the no, no. we didn't call her a mongoose no, no. a mongoose was a <laughs> was a mace make of BMX and then so my, my I mean our, our, and this is a question I like to ask do you spend time on the road as well as the mountain or just mountain we try, I would say, predominantly on, on the mountain bike. Mm. Uh, I would say there's about six odd races that we do on the road during the year. The usual ones, the, the, the August or the Cape Town Cycle Tour yeah. that they refer to these days. And uh, 99ers, so, mm. so all the sort of big ones. And then for the rest of it, we, we're on the mountain bike. That's kind of what we prefer. Wet weather, d- gym, gym time, or do you not mind? You get the bike out and go. 
Um, my wife always says there's never, <laughs> never a good time because I'm always looking for excuses. So, uh, you know, either the wind is too blowing too hard or it's raining or whatever. But uh, we try we try and get out there as, mm. as, as often as we can. So during winter, obviously, a little bit more difficult. So... Now, for instance, I try and get in a session or two uh, sort of at home on mm. the indoor trainer and then weekends predominantly where we go out and do sort of a lengthy ride. I always talk also about a relationship that you have to have, especially if you're in uh, for the long haul, whether it's road biking or mountain biking with your respective um, cycle shops. You need to strike a good relationship up, especially if it's going to be something that you're going to do for a length of time because inevitably parts break, inevitably bikes need to be serviced, and you need to have a good relationship with whoever's supplying your equipment to you. Swent, so, uh, so talk to us quickly about what you're cycling on at the moment and your relationship with uh, uh, obviously with, with, with who you deal with, etc. Cetera, et cetera, and, and a little bit about that. So what, what are you currently on? So currently I ride a 29er, okay. Cannondale Scalpel. Lefty? Lefty, yeah. And uh, basically my closest uh, bicycle shop, or the one that, that I've got a good relationship with, is uh, Gecko Cycles. Nice. That's just down the road. Yeah. We, funny enough, we also sponsor his son, Ella Kuleski, who um, uh, was the South African champion last year. Really? In the Sprog category, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so... And this is the other thing that I really enjoy about cycling, Chris. And this is what, what you and I notice with the relationships with people that we meet is, and Craig, Craig, you as well, if I can bring you into this conversation, that a lot of people in the corporate world, once the bug is bitten and they're seeing how good it is for the next generation of mountain bikers or road cyclists to get involved, we see them putting, putting their name not only to individual cyclists, but also to cycling events. We see these corporates understanding the market is a changing market and the cycling one in South Africa is possibly the biggest growing Craig yeah well everyone who cycles needs a car they need to buy food they need to do everything to sure ride the bikes so yeah it just it just need all to buy merges tiles. together yeah I need to buy tiles <laughs> exactly you want your garage to look your workshop to look <laughs> nice buy some tiles to make your bicycle workshop everything's about that bicycle sure yeah. now Tiltoria from that point of view as well and this is where I say because you love mountain biking yeah. you've now got uh, a youngster that you you support and actually not only one yeah uh, there's various uh, uh, other sports it, that you're involved with yeah, actually, uh, in mountain biking, we also sponsor a couple of ladies, Hanley Boyson with the Wines Wales. Um, I think she's won it for the last couple of years. Yeah. Then we've got uh, Bianca and her team that won the DC the uh, the last year. So, yeah, we involve, we try to include the women. Obviously, yes. traditionally, yeah. in our trade, the women sort of make the, the decision. So, it's out of a branding point of view, it makes sure. sense for us. Um, we try and get involved with uh, with uh, two events a year. So we've got the Tartori Elgin race, which is on the 26th of August. Um, actually, this weekend, we've got the Trans Airlines, which sure. uh, is this Saturday the 9th. Uh, by the way, you can still enter if you Good. want to. Entries online. available online. Yeah, it actually finishes today, and then you late entries on the day, uh, got you. the morning of. That's a hint for you, Ron, to enter. Huh? That's a hint for you. Yeah, <laughs> this is the hint. No, you no you e got to today. No e-bikes. No eh? e-bikes. Now I'm doing the uh, the one out in Elgin uh, that uh, Taltoria get involved with. It's a beautiful raid, a uh, raid, raid on the on the on the on the on the grape on the, and the apple the farms, farms, and then uh, <laughs> and then a ride after the raid. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it because it's a weekend. And this is what I think that most mountain bikers need to start doing. It's not, not only looking at the individual events. Like you've placed yeah. your one out at Paul Kluver, which is um, it's so perfectly situated that you'd be foolish not to take the weekend off and go and take your family out there. It's Yeah, it's really a beautiful venue. And um, it sort of caters from 
young, for young and old, mm. uh, uh, 15Ks for the sort of beginners, 30, 45, and a 70 for the more serious riders. Um, and uh, so the 30 is roughly about 750 meters climb, the 45 but 1-1, and then the 70K is about uh, 1,800 meters climb. Uh, 45, 70 is also wines the well seeding. So for those of you guys that's uh, doing wines the wells this year, um, uh, 45 actually mostly on the wines the wells day two route. Okay. So um, that's me. I'm get the 45. In. Are you doing the 70 or the 45? 45. Okay, I'm with you on that one. I know somebody who's doing is decided on last second at Tom to do the 30k. I'm not going to mention names on this podcast, but it's no, none of us in this room now. Uh, 45 can yeah. definitely be tough compared to to road cycling. You can easily get misjudged if you think 50 or 60 kilometers on road and you jump over to mountain bike. It's it's a huge difference. Huh? It is. It's a crunch. Um, before we we say goodbye to our guests this week, uh, I just want to find out just a quick uh, a quick word of maybe advice, uh, Craig, from you to uh, and again to that cycling community out there. I mean, it's great to have two um, different guests uh, on the podcast uh, this week in the form of one being a a, uh, a businessman who has got a, a massive passion for mountain biking also to giving back to the community uh, and another one being a as a professional somebody who, who captures those moments on the route and then obviously uh, by the way happens to just to be a top top cyclist as well because you have to be to keep up with everybody else when you're doing what you do um craig just a quick word of ad- advice maybe to somebody thinking about buying a mountain bike for the first time um you've seen them you've seen them on whether it's a fun ride or a or a serious ride, uh, how buying the wrong equipment can uh, you know can cause havoc in terms of the ride that you're having and and your 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 regard for the sport because if you've got the wrong equipment at the end of the day you throw the bike aside and you say this isn't for me I hate cycling I'm not going to get on a bike again and it's maybe down to to wrong equipment choices yeah I think if you're riding with a group of people and riding with a group of people is always it's safer and it's more mm-hmm. encouraging to get you out of bed and to go and ride to, to ride alone is the worst thing you can do so ride with a group and see what the group is riding. Yeah. Try and stick your bikes in the same category. Buy a bike that's the same, road bike or gravel grind. A lot of people are going towards the gravel grinding mm. style of bike. It's safer, open, more open roads. But I think look what your friends are riding, the type of trails, and get a bike for that type of riding. Craig Kaleski, available on social media, by the way. Please give him a follow. But please, how do people get a hold of you? Get out, give all your all your social media handles uh, out there. At Craig Kaleski on all social media handles. Please, available. go and have a look. Some of the most spectacular photography. We will definitely have you back in the future because you're involved in literally every single event that we will be talking about on this podcast series. You'll be involved in So we're looking at having you as a regular contributor on, on this podcast series. So thanks, Stack, for just setting the foundation as to your background and a little bit about where you are and how you've come to being where you are right now. And uh, and please follow Craig, like I said. And then uh, Sven from uh, Taltoria, we're going to get your email address out as well because I think there might be some questions uh, pertaining not only to some of the events coming up. If people missed it in the podcast and want to go back and maybe want to get hold of you, um, maybe because they've heard Taltoria and they realized that they, their garages need to be tiled so their bikes and their wives don't moan like mine does. When are we going to tile the garage? You're leaving all this dirt on the garage. I'm like, oh, I'll speak to Sven sometime soon about that. How do people get hold of you? Uh, just info at Taltoria. That's here. That's it. 
Thanks a million. And there's still entries open, by the way, for the one in uh, in, in Elgin. People can still for enter sure, for the Taltoria sure. race uh, there. Uh, today. Stunning. We see you out there. I'm committed. I'm going to do it. Um, Chris, great guests on this week on the podcast. And we chatted about all things that uh, have to do with their wills. In our wills, as we approach another weekend of it changed weather, because we've had a phenomenal week of weather in the Western Cape this week. Um, in the, Up in Joburg, they've had mixed a bag of, of weather. It has been warm as well. What events are happening this weekend? Well, um, this weekend, firstly, we've got uh, the Liberty Waterberg encounter. That's up in Limpopo. Then, of course, like Sven said, the Taltoria Trans Elands, which is in the Eastern Cape. Uh, the bike packing the Iron Line overnight in Gauteng. And then the Hector Norris Winter League track racing. There's also some different mm. racing as well, which we can also check into. Um, Chuck's brother. Yeah, that's it. Hector, <laughs> Hector Norris. Um, and that's it for the weekend. <laughs> Stunning. Listen, weather-wise, I can tell you that uh, Saturday and Sunday, Saturday we're going to get a bit of rain. It, it, sh- it shouldn't put anyone off uh, getting out and enjoying some of the uh, the quality time outdoors. Trails might be a little wetter. This week we discovered, even though the sun was shining in the Western Cape, uh, Chris and I hit some of the trails and there's loads of mud out there. Uh, just be, be warned if you're a novice and you're not, uh, not quite sure how to handle that kind of weather may, or terrain. Make sure, like Craig Kaleski mentioned on this podcast, travel or, or go cycle with a pack of of friends, back of mates. That way, when you fall like I did yesterday, uh, you've got someone to A, fix your bike like Chris did for me yesterday, and B, push you up a very, very, very tough Blumendal Hill. Thank you, Chris. Anyway, weather-wise, rain on Saturday. Otherwise, in Joburg, beautiful weather. 18 degrees, nice chilly mornings, but you're looking at a phenomenal weekend in Johannesburg. Uh, we'll be back, and we'll talk more things cycling on Time in the Saddle. Chris Willemser Jr. and myself, Ryan O'Connor. Chris available on the following Instagram and Twitter handle. Chris Willemser Jr. And at Rhino Connor ZA. And for another time in the saddle next week, we'll catch you then.